Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We serve a powerful God today, brothers and sisters. I'm so glad that we could raise that word in our homes today, that we could sing and that we could shout. Wherever we find ourselves, we serve a powerful God. Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and it's so good to be able to celebrate Him and to worship Him. Praise be to the name of the living God. Jesus is the true and the living God, amen? Praise the Lord. Well, hello everyone, hello to all of our church family, all of our online family, people across the country and even across the globe. What a blessing it is to be able to to reach out to you and connect with you, to be one in the Spirit through this very unique means. And we believe God is gonna be bringing us back together soon. But man, what a blessing this is for us to be able to worship God like this. I, over, as as, uh, this kind of unique season has unfolded for us, it's kind of become a blessing to me to know that you would be worshiping God like this in your house. Like, Uh, I've seen a couple of the kind of social media clips. Some people are like having sandwiches and, and, um, and bowls of cereal. But I know you're pushing that aside for a minute and that you're making your house a sanctuary. And we get to worship the Lord right from our homes just like when we're in church. And that just blesses my soul today. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. He is worthy for us to worship. And part of the reason why I'm talking about that is because we're gonna get ready to take an offering. And can I encourage you to give to the Lord today with the faith declaration that says, you're a powerful God and still I praise you. Maybe you've had a tough week, maybe you've had a hard financial season. Don't stop honoring God with your resources. He is Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. Give to the Lord, and He's going to take care of you. He is so good. He is so faithful. Let this become just an extension of our worship service today. Let's worship the Lord. Come on, this is powerful. If you have children in the room, can I tell you, it is so powerful for children to hear mom or dad or both say, Lord, you're the one who's done all of this great stuff for our family. And I praise you and I honor you. So I'm gonna pray right now. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are a powerful God. You are a faithful God. You are a mighty God who's mighty to save, mighty to deliver. God, amazing as you care for us and provide for us. And we just take this moment, we thank you, Lord. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything and every way that you bless us and provide for us and care for us. Lord, would you put a supernatural, Lord, kingdom blessing upon your people today? Would you release something, oh God, that is more than material? 
Would you release something as we go to give to you today, Lord? God, if someone is struggling, if someone is in a moment of hardship, Lord, release, oh God, your presence, your power, your provision, Lord, your protection, whatever is needed, Lord. Be abundant in the outpouring of your goodness and your love and your provision. Bless this offering. We know, Lord, that you own everything. But Lord, you're blessed when we give to you. So Lord, be blessed, be pleased. Feel our love and our worship and our gratitude as we give to you today. Bless it, we pray, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, amen. All righty, so we are continuing on the What's Your Vibe series. I hope you've been meditating on and thinking about and praying about your vibe. I hope that um, you've been doing vibe checks throughout the day and, and, and asking, especially at the beginning of the day, I hope that you've been asking the Holy Spirit to grow the wonderful, beautiful vibes that he promises in his word. So once again, um, uh, what is a vibe? Let's just walk through this quick definition. A vibe is a person's emotional state as communicated to others, the atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. It's kind of a reflection of what's happening in our hearts. And we've been reading Galatians uh, chapter five in clusters, and I'm just, I just decided that I wanted to continue to do that so that we could get clarity. So let's go through the kind of the core verses for this series, our Galatians chapter five, 22 and 23. And here's what the Bible says. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. And we've already covered those. And these are the fruit that we need for our own heart. These are the vibes that the Holy Spirit grows in us for us. Okay, so God grows certain things inside of us because they're actually for us, they're good for us. These are the graces that are really, really good for us. And then now we're in the second cluster, which are patience, kindness, and goodness. Patience, kindness, and goodness. And these are the fruit that are for our relationships. God wants to bless the way we treat other people, okay? In fact, what I wanna emphasize this week is that patience, kindness, and goodness are the vibes or the fruit that are really God-like. So these are the God-like vibes. If you want God-like vibes, then you need to ask the Holy Spirit to grow patience, kindness, and goodness. These are the vibes that sort of reflect the character of God. And today as we focus on, we covered patience last week, as we go to focus on kindness, can I say this? This vibe that we're gonna be covering today is all about the impulse of God, okay? The reaction of God, the, the, the way God feels. It's like, let me give you an example. Every, um, one of the favorite things that happens in my day 
is every once in a while I get a picture of one of my grandkids or a video of them doing something. And the minute I see that, there's this impulse of love, this impulse of joy, this impulse of, oh, I want to be with them, oh, I want to bless them. Kindness is all about the impulse of God. And so today we're going to be talking about the vibe of kindness. And can I tell you something? God has an impulse to be kind to you and me. It's just like the minute he sees us, there's this thing inside of him. The way he reacts to us is with this incredible desire to bless us, to help us, to make our lives better. And this vibe of kindness, okay, is the vibe that puts a statement like this. So in the Bible, the Bible says, um, the Bible says, uh, judgment, fundamentally, judgment is God's strange act. So does God judge? Yes. But it's strange to him. Why? It's strange to him because his main impulse is kindness. When you, when you read uh, in the Bible where it says God delights to show mercy, why does God delight to show mercy? That is a reflection of the kindness of God to us. He always wants to help us. He always wants to strengthen us. He always wants to make things better. So kindness is so powerful. And if God could really grow kindness in you and me, we could really be like God in the days ahead. Here is the definition of kindness. Kindness is to deliberately do good to others and to purposely try to produce an increase in someone else's life. Okay, it means that you wanna make someone else's life better. Not your life better, you wanna make someone else's life better. That is the heart and the spirit of kindness. And here's the thing, its opposite is jealousy or envy. The, 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 the resenting of the blessing of God upon someone else. The resenting uh, of, of, of the grace of God, the goodness of God on someone else is absolutely of the flesh. We want everyone to bless when kindness is really flowing through us. And so here's the vibe. Are you ready? Here's the vibe that we want to have when it comes to kindness. Kindness basically says, I want to make life better for others because God has made life better for me. Do you feel that way today? Kindness says, I want people to be blessed. I want to treat people the way God has treated me. That is the beautiful and wonderful vibe of kindness. And you know what? I want to say a few more things before we pray because um, I believe that kindness is kind of one of those issues of the hour. And kindness is something you'll see as the message unfolds is that it must be expressed. And I want to begin today's message by giving you an example, a real-life example from someone who I would consider a modern-day apostle of kindness. His name is Mr. Rogers. And I want you to listen closely um, to this beautiful and, and wonderful expression of kindness. We wrote because Jeff was going to have a spinal fusion and be in a, what they call a halo, a 
cast a hip metal cast. rim and then cast on his shoulders and bolted all, all the way down his trunk. And, yeah, we he may not sure. have survived the surgery. And so we said, you know, what would you like to do? Uh, this is going to be a really big task for you, and so we want to kick it off with something that would be really special. Mr. Rogers? Hey, Jeff. <laughs> I'm glad to see you. Hi. Thank you very much for coming by. Can you tell my friends what it is that made you need this wheelchair? Sure. Well, when I was about seven months old, I had, um... I had a tumor, and it broke the nerves to tell my hands and legs what to do. I see. And I got a wheelchair when I was four years old. That was your first one? Mm-hmm. When you were four? Uh-huh. He told Jeff before they started that they would have a chat and then sing a song together. I think he said we might sing a song, yeah. I remember, because yeah. I mean, I was sort of surprised. What, he's going to start singing a song? Well, you know, there's just totally not even what song. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside you, not the things that hide you, not your fancy chair, that's just beside you, but it's you I like, every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feeling, whether old, or new. I hope that you'll remember even when you're feeling blue that it's you I like it's you yourself it's you it's you And there must be times when you do feel blue. Uh-huh. I'm not feeling blue right now, though. Me neither. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came today. Thanks. So, so powerful. I think about all of the things that are happening right now in our city. I think about all the struggles, all the challenges, all the hardships all the difficulties that we're facing in our country, in our culture. And I believe deep down in my heart that the Holy Spirit is able to do a work of kindness in his people so that we will say, it's you I like, it's you I love. I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care about your background. I don't care about all of the things. And I don't even care about the fact that you're not perfect. Aren't you thankful today that God loves us so much that he loves us for the way we are? 
Wouldn't you agree with me, brothers and sisters, that this is the true, this is the true solution to racism in our nation, a powerful work of the Holy Spirit? Wouldn't you agree with me that God is able to save someone with the most anger, with the most hatred in their soul, if we could just lead them to Jesus? If we could just lead people to Jesus, if the church could rise up and lead people to Jesus, couldn't God change someone who's so full of ugliness and darkness and transform them to their, for them to say, it's you I like, it's you I love. That's, that's, to me, brothers and sisters, that's what we need to believe God for. We need God to grow kindness in our hearts. Let me tell you something. You know, let's take this issue of racism. Growing up, I experienced racism oh, so many times. But can I tell you, in the midst of that, I also experienced love from people that were different, and it's instant. Man, you can tell when someone loves you, and when someone's open to you, and when someone really just wants to be kind to you and, and bless you. And brothers and sisters, we need to be the hands of Christ extended. We need the Holy Spirit to do something inside of us. We need the Holy Spirit to get us into the space where we could love like God loves. That's what kindness is all about. It's not about whether you agree with people. Kindness has nothing to do with agreement, okay? Kindness has nothing to do with political positions. And yes, there's right and wrong, and we'll talk about right and wrong next week with goodness. But this week, we want to talk about the kindness of God. God is, has, not, has God not been good to you? If he's been good to you, then pay it forward. Let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit. You know, as, we, as I speak to you today, we've had looting in our city. We've had people voicing their rage and their anger and all sorts of just uh, uh, what I would call darkness and sadness. But what are we gonna do? I'll tell you what the church has to do. We need a revival of kindness. And so I wanna pray, and then we'll read a powerful example of this, because kindness is all about action. But I wanna pray right now. I want to pray and say, you know what, God? You're bigger than every issue on this planet. You're bigger than all of the rights and wrongs. You're bigger than, than politics. You're bigger than, than hurt. You're bigger than trauma. Jesus, you were the, the absolute perfect example of love. And you were able to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you were always kind. And so could we ask God for that today? Could we ask the Holy Spirit to come? And there might be something, even before I preach this message, a powerful work of the Holy Spirit to enable us to receive, to enable us to listen, to enable us to be transformed. We need the transforming power of God. So come on, lift your hands with me. Close your eyes, open your heart. Holy Spirit, we love, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. We love your word. We love your ways, God. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your ways are better than our ways. And we want to live by your ways, by your will, with your heart. 
And so, Father, I'm asking you, Lord, God, I pray, Lord, for, for this flock, oh God. I pray for the church of Christ all over the globe, Lord. Let the church rise up, Lord, with the vibe, with the fruit of kindness. God, help us to hear about the miracles that you do as we express who you are through our lives, through true action. So, Lord, bless this word. Help Lord, my feeble lips today, let your heart come through. Lord, let it visit people in their homes, at their desk, Lord, wherever they find themselves. God, even those who are in a place of pain, Lord, would you release your kindness. Bless this by your mighty power, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So here's what I want to do. I want to read just one um, powerful example of kindness that really you could lay over our times right now. Okay, and it's from the life of David. It's in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 9. It's kind of long. It's really one verse could preach the whole thing, but I want you to get the whole story. It's 13 verses. So... When David became king, just to give you a little background, when David became king, King Saul, who was pursuing him out of jealousy and envy, um, uh, has now passed. Um, and his son, who was David's best friend, also died. And, um, and David is now firmly established. Now, what you need to know is that in the history of kingdoms, uh, successive kingdoms, and especially during that time, when a king took power, one of the first things that he would do is he would wipe out the entire family of those who, um, who he took power from. So it would be natural for David to take power and to wipe out everyone in the line of Saul because of fear of, re of revenge or trying to raise up a rebellion or a revolution. But look at what David says. It says, David asked, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. Here's the key text of the day. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Okay? I want to show God's kindness. Why? Because God has been kind to me. Because of all the things that he's been through. Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Makir, son of Amiel, in Lodibar. Lodib Lodibar means like, like nowhere. You know when people say, oh, it's out in nowhere? That's kind of fundamentally what Lodibar means. It says, so King David had him brought to Lo from Lodibar, uh, from the house of Makir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, I practiced that name, I want you to know. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, 
At your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness. I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? A little bit more. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and to bring in the, the crops uh, so that your master's grandson may pr be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. The son, the grandson of one of his enemies ate at his table like one of his sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. And all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. And so this is an amazing uh, example of kindness. Okay, kindness is, is all about setting an example. Kindness is all about action. But what we're gonna do is is we're gonna learn from this example in an effort to have the Holy Spirit grow kindness in us. So let's see what we learn. First of all, what we learn from this text is that kindness begins with revelation. Kindness begins with revelation. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that David was musing and thinking, okay? And he, he probably, I know I'm kind of um, using a little bit of license, but what else could it, where else could this originate from? So David was thinking about his life. You know, as you get older and you see the faithfulness of God, you go through stuff, but you see the faithfulness of God, the blessing of God, the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns. And then you think about all of the things that God has done. I believe David was doing that. And he, and he remembered, he remembered Saul being good to him and then Saul not being not so nice to him. Okay, Saul bringing him into the palace, Saul making him a king, Saul giving him his, his daughter in marriage, and yet Saul battling with jealousy and struggling with envy and all of these things. Saul was such a conflicted soul, but then his son became his best friend, and he said, you know what, Lord, through it all, you've been so good to me. Through it all, through all the hardship, through all the difficulty, you've been so kind to me, God. And you know what? I wanna pay that kindness forward. Kindness begins with revelation. It begins with this understanding that man, Lord, I'm so thankful for the way you treat me. Anybody feel that way today? Last week we talked about the fact that patience will give you God's perspective of other people, okay? Patience gives us perspective and kindness gives us revelation. 
What's so powerful about when God grows kindness is that something happens in your private time between you and God. I hope this happens to you. I hope that when you spend time with the Lord, you get a revelation of God's kindness to you. I pray that there's a melting that takes place. Okay, your, your time of worship, your time of praise, your time of thinking of all the good things and reciting all the good things that God has done, it should make you say, man, Lord, you've been kind to me. Man, Lord, you've been merciful and good. And when that kind of springs up and wells up in your soul, then you can't hate, you can't, you can't wait, should I say can't hate, you can't wait but to pass it on to someone else. Regardless of what, they, what they've done, regardless of um, what you've been facing. In the book of Romans, Romans 2, 4, it talks about how God reaches us. Listen to this. Romans 2, 4 says this. Don't you realize that it is God's kindness that is trying to lead you to him and change the way you think and act? It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And if God's kindness leads, led me to repentance, shouldn't the kindness of God flowing through us lead someone else to repentance? Isn't that the way we're supposed to reach people? But brothers and sisters, we need that revelation first. When we get the revelation of God's, uh, of the kindness of God, then something happens. The grace of God becomes real and becomes manifest. You know, in 1994, there was a Reader's Digest article that was put out titled, The Kindest City in America. And um, they did some research and said, why is this city so kind, and by the way, to this very day, anytime they do one of those kind of surveys of the kindness city, Rochester, New York is always on it, and they determined that Rochester, New York was the kindest city in America in 1994. So after doing some study, here's what they concluded. 160 years previous, a revivalist named Charles Finney, I've read lots of his books, our church has been influenced by the life and writings of Charles Finney. Anyway, he went through and he preached and there was a great revival, a great move, a great visitation of the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God fell on Rochester, New York, people began to change. He stayed there for a month. And after, after people got saved, listen to this, having converted the affluent, Finney's final step was to get them to direct their energy and wealth into beneficial philanthropies. And so they started to give, the people who had the most started to act with such kindness. A, a college was born. All sorts of things took place and to this very day. Why? Because when God reveals himself, okay, look, you can know a lot of the Bible. I need to speak to somebody today. You could know a lot of the Bible. You could be filled with the Word of God. And that's wonderful. And I celebrate that. But can I tell you, the purpose of all of that Word, one of the main purposes is that it would give you a revelation of how good God is to you. And then that revelation causes an amazing outpouring of God's goodness. You know what I believe? I believe a revelation of God's kindness is what gets us out of the flesh. 
It's really hard to recognize how good and how kind God has been to you and then to turn around and be mean and nasty to someone else. That's why we need a revelation of God. But it starts in the church. It starts with the children of God. Brothers and sisters, we need, we need to pray for that revelation today, starting now. Amen? Here's the next thing that, uh, uh, that kindness does, is kindness actually grows through expression, okay? Kindness is expressed. When it comes to kindness, it doesn't matter what you feel in your heart. Kindness is something that has to be expressed in order for it to be effective. You might have good feelings towards people. You might have good desires, like well-meaning, well, good intentions. All of those things are great. But if it is never actually expressed, then it fails to be effective and powerful the way God desires. He said, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? I want to do something. Okay, so here's the way I would say this. David woke up that day, and here's what he said. He said, I got to bless somebody today. I need to bless somebody. You know what kindness does? Kindness puts this desire in you that says, I got to bless somebody. Did you wake up that way today? How many would pray and agree with me? We need to wake up tomorrow and say, I got to bless somebody today. We need to walk away from the message today and say, I got to go and bless somebody today. I got to pay it forward because God has been so good to me. He's been so faithful, he's been so kind. You know, even when Paul spoke to Festus, he was in chains and, uh, um, and he's trying to convert these people. They're, they're, they've got him in chains and he says to the king, look, except for my chains, I want you to be just like me. I want you to know the savior that I know because of the powerful work of God in this guy who was a persecutor and fundamentally even a murderer. How many know God can change us? And then when we start expressing the kindness of God, people will glorify God and they will marvel at the goodness of God. Listen to this, even Scientific American, the, the, the magazine agrees with the power of kindness. So they did an article uh, in uh, July of, of, of 2016, and they talked about how kindness is contagious, okay? Talk about something speaking to our times. She, here's what the, 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 uh, the writer said. Witnessing kindness inspires kindness, causing it to spread like a virus. How many want to see the virus of kindness introduced to our city? Well, guess what? We can spread that holy, godly, wonderful virus if we will act and express kindness. Start with the people closest to you. Start with the people closest to you and then be mindful of it. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, and the Holy Spirit will help us to be kind. You know, we just announced... Um, and, and has just gone through our first week of this amazing outreach that we're doing here at Chicago Tabernacle called uh, Love and Serve Chicago. 
And so we're picking up from something that we did months ago. We've partnered with Convoy of Hope, and now we've got other partners. Um, Willow Creek Church, which is so awesome to be partnering with them to, to minister. And we're so grateful to them for the contribution that they've made to this um, effort. But we started about three or four months ago, and Convoy of Hope gave us boxes of food. We were able to feed 500 families for one week. This new outreach that we're doing is going to enable us to feed 4,000 families for one week. It's so amazing and so powerful. But can I tell you something? When we did the first one, and that was in the height of, of COVID and like all of the things that were going on, um, you know, in our city, there were actually certain people that criticized us because uh, we invited the mayor. Okay, and I'm only saying this because I want to give a real-time example. Okay, actually, you know, I'm not even going to get into who it was. It doesn't matter. But the point is, is that there were certain people that were not happy that as we were reaching out to our community that we had the mayor participate. And I thought to myself, well, wait a second. Shouldn't we show the mayor kindness? Like when you see the mayor... Okay, let's say you don't agree with the mayor. When you see the mayor, what do you see? Do you see political positions? Or do you see a soul? Do you see a sister? When I see her, I see this woman right here could be sitting right next to me in the great banquet of God for all of eternity. We could, we could be celebrating Jesus and worshiping Jesus. That's the way we need to see everybody, okay? Who cares what their position is on politics? There's something bigger, something greater, something more important, more eternal. We need to see people with the love of God, the eyes of God, the heart of God. And for all of those reasons, brothers and sisters, we need a deep work of kindness because kindness will shape the way we act and the way we see everyone. Yes, we won't agree. And we'll talk about not agreeing next week. But brothers and sisters, the heart of God is to reach and to love. And I want to pause right here and say, you want to get your heart and your life and your spirit clean and healthy? Drop the edge towards people and let the Holy Spirit fill you with kindness. I'm telling you right now, this is the word of the Lord. This is, the, this is real Christianity. This is the way we live it out. And if we live it out this way, I'm telling you right now, his reward will be with him. He will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Kindness is the love of God reaching out. Kindness delivers us from being the perfection police. Like we're always saying, well, this person's not perfect and that person's not perfect. Well, look in the mirror, because guess what? <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Aren't you thankful that God loves us even when we're wrong? Aren't you thankful that he's kind to us even when we miss? And when we don't get it right, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, deliver us from jumping into the seat of judgment and help us to give off the vibe of kindness. I want the musicians to come. I just want to kind of close with uh, one more thought. 
You see, fundamentally, brothers and sisters, kindness, what kindness does is kindness makes life about other people. When you're really operating with the spirit and in the spirit of kindness, when, when the vibe of kindness is on you, then you think about other people and you have patience for them and you have grace for them. And no matter what, your vibe says, God has made life, my life better and I wanna make your life better. So here's the interesting thing, going back to Mr. Rogers, which I, 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 I really believe he was an apostle of kindness. So I watched numerous interviews. I watched a documentary on his life. I even watched a movie about his life. And what I noticed is that every time he was interviewed by someone, within 15 minutes, he would turn the the conversation and start to focus on the other person. It was amazing. And one of the standout things of uh, characteristics or testimony, should I say, of Mr. Rogers' life was the fact that what you saw, what you saw in Help Us Holy Spirit, that what you saw in front of the camera, okay, you also saw in his life behind the camera, okay? Like when he wasn't on, Mr. Rogers was always kind and loving. And it's crazy to see him talk to some of the kind of greatest interviewers in the land. And before you know it, he was talking about how they're doing, how their heart is, how, they're, how they feel, what's going on. And literally you watch people melt because kindness makes life about other people. You know when the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive? I'm telling you right now, this is a classic example of what the Bible means. It means that when you have spent your day focused on other people, you're going to put your head on the pillow and be so, so blessed. You will be so overwhelmed if the, if the singers um, could come. So look, when I was preparing this message, man, I was really praying for a spiritual transaction. I was really praying for our city I got a text message from one of our leaders, from Todd Lucas, who was just kind of just praying for this city, all the things that were going on, you know. And, um, and what, I was, what I was asking God to do, I wanna ask him right now. I wanna ask for revelation. I want God to show us, to show us how much he cares for us and to make that realization so powerful that we wanna pay it forward. You see, brothers and sisters, remember this. When you're talking about living the Christian life, the high ideals of the kingdom of God, there must be a work of the Spirit. You can't learn your way into kindness. It can't, it doesn't happen that way. We're talking about an encounter between you and God in the morning or you and God in this moment. You know, and I, I wanna say one more thing before we, we uh, um, 
go to prayer. Look, if you're here today, and I, if I could put a, a big challenge before you, maybe you're in pain today. A lot of people are in pain. Maybe, maybe you are the victim of some kind of traumatic, abusive event. And you know what? We're believing God to touch you and to heal you by His mighty power. But can I say this? Brothers and sisters, we need for the Holy Spirit to wash out of our spirits any excuse not to be kind. I want God to do that in my heart. I want God to do that in my life. And I want the Holy Spirit to do that in all of us. We can always be kind. The Holy Spirit can grow kindness in us. It begins with a revelation and then it turns into this desire that says, just like David, God, I gotta bless somebody today. So could we lift our hands right now? And could we, could we ask the Lord, Lord, give us a revelation, Lord. Lord, all across the globe, all across the country, all across Chicago, Lord. God, not just our church, but every church, every child of God, Lord. God, would you make your church powerful by giving us, Lord, an amazing revelation of kindness. God, if we'll just be like you, if we could have the, the vibe, the grace of kindness flowing out of us, so much change could take place. But Lord, we need a revelation. Hallelujah, Jesus.